All right, everybody, welcome to an emergency edition of Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. On the other side of the camera, we're trying to do this like a last minute sort of thing. I did one, uh, was it against two weeks or last week against UCLA? And uh, it was just in my living room. So this is a little more, you know, we got a little more production going in this one. Uh, it's only on Facebook Live. So I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. Follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. And over there on the other side of the room for the first time, we got Keely. Hello. Follow her on Twitter at Keely is my name. What's up, Keely? What's up? It's a little foreign to be on this side of the of the camera. Is it different? Yeah. It's different. I like being in control and having all the, being the producer, but it's cool being on this side. Yeah, we'll see if I can uh, control this right. I'm going to turn up the volume a little bit. Um, if you have any questions or comments, uh, put them on Facebook. Uh, I should be able to play with them and stuff and move them over uh, and, and show them on the screen. But Keely, so uh, we were at the Coliseum until pretty late last night, I guess this morning. Yes, it was a late night for sure. Yeah, uh, all the so all the game information that we were putting up and the interviews and stuff, and it was all kind of second. You know, it didn't really matter as much, right? Because everyone just wanted to know what was going to happen with Clay Hilton. Yeah, it was all second. The bigger picture was okay. Well, what does this mean for Clay Hilton? Who's going to lead the team going forward? I mean, Lynn Swan did give some vague answers. He said he had a plan going forward, um, and that we would know soon. Um, yeah. We should have known, by the way, Clay Helton was talking the past four games and, and Lynn Swan's vague comments that he was reassured at some point, it seems like. But, I mean, just from a sourcing standpoint, we had heard everything. Every yeah. We had coexisting separate narratives that were <laughs> polar opposites at the same time, down to, like, before they announced the that he was returning. So, I mean, how can you have those two narratives exist at the same time? I don't know, but Clay Hilton's the guy next year, so I I don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. Obviously, not a positive uh, reaction on Twitter and on our message boards and everything. So the USC tweeted it out first, and they sent an email to everybody, season ticket holders and stuff. And uh, man, my phone was just blowing up uh, when that was going on. It yeah. became official. The uh, sports information department sent out you know the statements. It was the same, basically same two statements. We got one from. Uh, Lynn Swan and one from Clay Helton. Um, and yeah, it was kind of the same sentiment that we've seen before. Most of what, you know, we've been reporting has been, you know, the same all along where it's on the administration side, everyone you talk to like sort of around Heritage Hall, most everybody was Clay Helton's going to come back. Lynn yeah. Swan wants him to come back. But there was this other side, the boosters the support people, and I can't tell, I mean, I was getting messages this morning from people who are like big donors, suites, uh, boxes in the Coliseum that are like, I'm done. I mean, there's people that are pissed, like yeah. they are not happy. So on that side, a lot of those people we talked to felt like there was going to be enough pressure on Lynn Swan to make him change his mind. Obviously, I mean, we, we've been reporting this too. He doesn't really like to be told what to do, no. uh, Lynn Swan. And uh, he didn't change his mind. So he's he's going along with it. The fan blowback is enormous. Guys like Bill Plaschke, who I was on the pregame radio show with Keely right before the game. Yeah. He, you know, they were asking him what he thinks. He's not a guy that comes out and advocates, you know, firing of any kind of coaches or anything. Yeah. He's been around a long time. But he sent out something like, man, this message from Lynn Swan is tone deaf. And there's, it's crazy the amount of, now there's some supporters, but for the most part, it's just 
all negative, all directed at USC and the administration. And, and unfortunately, Clay Hilton, who's, it's not his fault. I mean, yeah. he's trying to do his job, but. If you're going to be given the job, you would still keep it. It's not his fault to retain it. But I mean, what did you make of the statement? He he said, I want to make it clear Clay's returning. I mean, it seems like Lynn doesn't really care if he gets blowback from his statements. No, uh, he, I don't think he cares at all. Um, I, and that's, you know, that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason why that, that group of people on the message board were saying, Hey, um, you know, we're not being heard. That's why they flew the airplane banner over the Coliseum and stuff. Um, and that's why they want to take out an ad in the LA times because they don't feel like they're being heard. And when we heard him on the, the radio a few weeks ago, it was definitely more of a, a declaration like, yeah. I am your leader. I will tell you what you should be thinking. And just Clay Helton is the head coach. Just, you know, take that home. And we were told he was going to say he's coming back then. He could have like ended all this then, but he yeah. didn't. He fell short of that. But obviously that's what he still felt. And then, but between then and now, I mean, he Clay has lost five of his last six games. Yeah. And they lost to Cal, you know, lost to UCLA, oof, and uh, which looks really bad now. And then, of course, lose to Notre Dame. So you kind of felt like, okay, the boosters were going to be able to push Lin Swan over the top and and come you know come to his senses and make this necessary change. And obviously, that didn't work. I mean, what do you expect going forward? Because it was already a very low attendance uh, record for the season. Going forward, based on from what we've heard on our message boards on Twitter, people are done. I mean, is this just all big hype on social media and people will actually show up? Or people really feel like they're not heard and they don't feel like this team can go anywhere if Clay Hilton is the head coach? No, I think it's real. And I think that's the the problem is because you're doing this, like when they reference Notre Dame doing this. Um, yeah. You know, Which Brian Kelly had, you know, he went to a national championship game before. It's not like they didn't have success. And he was at Cincinnati. You know, he's done other things. Um, but they also had these renovations and stuff going on. They knew they needed to do something big. I don't think this is big enough because change, even if he changes the whole staff, that's not going to appease a lot of these fans that you were talking about. And they are, they are mad. They, I mean, you're talking about people that are giving lots and lots of money for this huge renovation project. And, you know, and I've talked to some more of the sunshine pumper side, people are like, oh, there's going to be more boosters and stuff. But from what I'm hearing, like he's really upset some of the big mega boosters that are supporting uh, this program. So I think that's, I think it's going to be, you know, a problem going forward. But I don't know. It just didn't seem like he cared about that. And, you know, is banking on that Clay can turn things around. It's not going to be an easy schedule next year. They got yeah. Washington and Oregon. They don't play Oregon State anymore. There's no yeah. automatic win. Um, so I don't know, Keely. It's not. It's not been positive received. I don't think it's fake. I think there's a lot of people that are walking away. We're going to get like for our website, uscfootball.com, we, you know, we have subscriptions. It's like a $10 a month thing and people get the information. They're like, you know what? I love you guys. A lot of people are staying, but there's some people are like, I can't just do this anymore. I know you're not part of USC, but I need to walk away from this. And it's, I mean, if they're doing that, they're canceling a $10 a month thing. Yeah. They're, it's, it seems real to them. Yeah, I mean, I immediately got flooded with texts that's like, I'm canceling my season tickets, like, I'm done. Like, and it was just like, whoa, this blowback was huge. And like, the question is like, is the administration expecting this? One. Two, <laughs> do they care? 
You know, like, I mean, what is what is the real goal of this program? Is it really to be a national championship contender or is it just are we good with running a clean program? I'm not saying you shouldn't run a clean program, but running a clean program and getting eight or nine wins a season. Like, I feel like that would be good in their their minds. Yeah. And I think that's the problem, the disconnect between the fans who are saying, obviously, you know, Lynn Swan played at USC, won the Super Bowl. The most important thing to him and the administration is the USC get back to prominence. And I don't think that's the way they're thinking. A lot of it is, you know, self-preservation. A lot of it is political. I mean, it's not, if you were putting, hey, we want to get this team back to a national champ, national championship level, that was not the move you would have made. This is, you know, Pete Carroll in his third year, people want to compare. Yeah, Clayton won a whole bunch of games in his first two years. The third year for, for John McKay, for uh, Pete Carroll, I think even John Robinson, I got to check, they won national championships. Like they were going up. Yeah. Cleveland is going down. And that's not, you look at this team, they make the same mistakes over and over and over again. They didn't make changes they needed to make. He's not put a great staff together. And that's three years in, like you're going to force the action. Like it wasn't like Brian Kelly didn't try to put together a good staff. Yeah. Those guys didn't work out. So to me, it's not going the right direction. If your priority, which the fans are that the fans say, Hey, I want to win a national championship. No, they want to do it the right way. They want to be clean, but that's still the highest priority. You want to do that. That's not the statement Lin Swan made today. I mean, there, there's no way you could convince me or, you know, any of the USC fans we've talked to, that was the number one priority. It's more about, he gave him an extension in February and doesn't want to make any kind of changes right now. I think, yeah. think that's more what it is. True. And, and the issue I have with the whole Notre Dame went four and eight, look what happened narrative is that one i've seen this in my timeline is people are like why are you comparing us to notre dame why do we have to do what notre dame does you know that whole rivalry thing but also brian kelly had a a track record of winning prior to that he was a head coach for multiple multiple years prior to that season where he turned things around and then two that's banking on the fact that clay helton will turn around and make hard decisions will have the rolodex to get coaches in that will turn this program around i mean clay helton didn't even deny flat out denied that he might want to be the offensive coordinator next season. Like right. he said that he has the itch to be play caller. So, I mean, Clay Held hasn't proven that he can make those changes and he, he might, he might feel the fire and might turn around this season. I don't want to say definites here, but given what we've seen, that hasn't been the case. No, we haven't seen him make those tough decisions and you come in, you hire someone like Clay Helton who was a reach for sure, right? I mean, he yeah. doesn't, I mean, I talked about this. His resume did not match the USC job. Like normally you would just look at a resume and go, yeah, no, he does. This is not, there's not enough on this resume to get hired at USC, but he was. So you almost come in on the hot seat. Like you have to be like, okay, you're t- they're taking a chance on you. So you're not going to get, you know, a time to retool, you know, go three years and then retool your whole, your whole staff yeah. and go again. That's exactly what Lynn Swan is doing like you hired him three years in if you're not going in the right direction like that should have been it you know and yeah that's part of the problem you have lynn swan as well you know he didn't have the resume to be usc's athletic director either um you know his, his qualifications do not match what you would need to be to be an athletic director so there's this huge mess and then of course you know we talked about a million times that n- not having a permanent president the board of trustees dealing with all these other things um, you know, if the board of trustees wasn't dealing with 200 plus million dollar lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, would they put more attention on, you know, making this happen? You know, possibly. But, you know, I always said there's like a power vacuum with, with yeah. Max Nikias gone. 
And then this power struggle going on. Um, but it seems like Lin Swan's getting the last word and he's, you know, getting what he wanted. It's not what the fans want. I think there's a level of tone deafness there where it's, it's just, I don't think he cares that the fans, there's that outrage. I mean, before the game, this was crazy. Usually they warm up. Clay Helton walks up the tunnel with his team. And I think it's Jordan Moore, right? That usually does a, a uh, camera it's, interview. No, I, they, it's a, a younger a guy who okay. does it for uh, the pregame. And then Jordan Moore does it at halftime. Okay. So pregame, he will do a... Uh, like a two or three question... Interview yeah. with Clay Helton that goes up on the vision board. You know, on the big uh, video board. And they skipped that this time. And someone tweeted me, well, because if they put it up there, everyone would just boo him. And I'm like... That's probably true because when they put him up for like the public service announcement, they booed him, right? Well, when he when he came on the screen, there were players first that were like, "Thanks, Trojans, for following oh. us this season," and then Clay was like, "Thanks for the season and being fans, whatever." And like it was just loud boos. Now, granted, a, I felt like a majority of that was from the student section, and they'll boo whatever. So I don't know how much stock you put into that, but there was loud boos for a, a USC crowd. All right, I got to, I got a comment I have to address from Ron okay, Green. Do it. Your resume doesn't match what you do either. Come on, Abraham. And bashing Swan is terrible on your part. My resume. Okay, this everything you see here was created by hand by me. So this there wasn't a job I was hired for. This is a entrepreneurial business that I've been running for 22 years. So I don't know what you want to say about my resume, but this is all hand created. I wasn't hired by some big company. I wasn't qualified for. If ESPN was going to hire me 22 years ago, I wouldn't have had the resume to go and work for ESPN. But I built this up all by myself, and that's where, you know, I've had a huge team along the way, but this came from me. So this is a completely different situation. But thank you, Ron, for, <laughs> for your comments there. Let's actually address this because I did get – I tweeted out that, like, I don't think they're expecting the blowback that will happen from this decision. Right. Um, I didn't say whether it's right or wrong. I just think that fans and boosters are going to be angry, which I think is valid. But I got some blowback from that. People were like, "This is stability. Uh, you're only you're so negative." Blah blah blah. Like, what do you think about? Maybe it wasn't the right decision to fire Clay Helton three years in. Maybe having more stability long term is better. I mean, some people said it's not about winning; it's about just having a, a, st a stable program. I mean, what do you say to those those opinions? I mean, do you want to be stably bad? Like that's <laughs> where I mean. Okay, so Keely talked about the attendance. Um, so I think Joey Kaufman is the first one that tweeted this out. So USC didn't get 60,000 people in the Coliseum for a USC Notre Dame game. It's the lowest attended, uh, USC Notre Dame game in the Coliseum since 1960. Uh, it's the first time since 1987 that less than 60,000 people attended every single game. Uh, and I think, I, I, no, I think it's the, the low, the, the average attendance below 60,000 the first time since 1987, um, it's this it's historically bad. And the problem is stability. Yes. If you had hired Tom Herman, you hired Chip Kelly, someone that you've got this resume that you, you feel there's a reason to believe in him. That's fine. Like you want to stick, you know, stick through that and, and go through it. Yeah, that's fine. You, you stay the course because you believe in what they're doing. Um, Clayton doesn't have that cachet behind him. He was hired because he was there. I mean, he was a, assistant coach to two bad head coaches in Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkisian that should have been hired to begin with. And you promoted him. I just think you have a much shorter leash yep. at that point. He's the nicest guy in the world. 
all of us wanted to see him succeed. This team is way, way, way too freaking talented to lose seven games in the worst division in Power Five. There is no way this team should be five and seven. That is not on players. That is on coaching. And that is why they needed to make a change. I mean, look at yesterday. That was the first half from USC. That was promising. They played up to Notre Dame's potential. They played well. Arguably their most impressive first half of the, of the season, I would say. And I think that's a bigger indictment on the season as a whole. If you're able to play up to that level at week 12, why can't you do that against a Cal, an ASU, a UCLA? Why Why does USC have this problem of matching their opponent in, in level this, the level of determination in the game? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, completely. I mean... I think I tweeted out before, you know, in the first half, like, this team that I'm watching would not have lost six games. Like, no. We didn't see that team all year. That You could argue that was the best game or most complete game or, you know best effort they put in all season they yeah. waited till game 12 yeah i mean and, and the thing that's interesting to me is there are bigger problems going forward i talked to cam smith after the game um in his second scrum of the night and he essentially said that there is a buy-in problem there is a problem about players being committed to usc football um he said that it, it basically i heard from someone else that Cam Smith got tired of being the babysitter on the team. You know, there was, Whoa. yeah, there was a problem of players. He said in LA, it's easy to get distracted. And that's what happened this season. And so if you, if, if you're having your senior defensive captain questioning the commitment level from players, that's a problem. That is a problem. He said, cause someone said, asked him, well, what needs to happen going forward to get on the right track for this team? He says it starts Monday. He was yeah. like, there's no breaks. It starts Monday. There needs to be a sense of sense of urgency on Monday, which is just crazy. Like that is deep problems. And he said that there's more issues that plague the team, but he didn't really want to get into it. He was like, <laughs> I just want to like reflect on my season and whatever. He didn't want to really trash the whole team, but there are problems there. And Cam Smith acknowledged that there's problems. And how do you change that culture? How do you change that culture where you're not fluctuating based on how good your opponent is? You yeah. know, those are deep problems that I don't even know if, how do you fix that? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an issue. And I don't think you should be talking about, hey, we're going to go back to work on Monday. After week 12 or week 13 of the season, game 12, your season's over. Like, you're yeah. done. The first time since 2000. Who's the last guy to go 5-7 and seven at USC? Paul Hackett and yeah. Paul Hackett beat UCLA that year and still got fired. So this is on, we're in our chart uncharted territory for sure. And I'm sitting, you know, trying, it's hard to like, look at all the, the comments and stuff. And I'm trying through. to read them right now. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. uh, but there's definitely some supporters too. Um, I mean, there's people that are saying, Hey, give them another, uh, you know, give them another chance or get rid of the staff and stuff. So there's definitely, it's not like it's all uh, people that are saying, you know, Clay's terrible and all that stuff, but there's, um, I mean, there's definitely uh, some some supporters on that side too. So uh, we'll see. And you know, if you watch the, I watched College Game Day. Kirk Herbstreet uh, was very, you know, supportive of that, and he he was calling the game. And you kind of got the feeling that there was some back channel talking going on there for him to say something like that. Like, yeah. hey, I know he's going to come back, and you're sort of like supporting it. You know, looking yeah. back, that probably was was going on. We saw our buddy Yogi Roth tweet out, you know, like support and stuff so it's uh this is something that lin swan wanted i think he made some calls to try to get some support around him 
just to, you know, his statement too was like, there's a lot of people that, or something, what was it? It was, there was a lot of people that support, you know, Clay Hilton and, and some that don't. It made it sound like it was like about even or even. Yeah. And it was like nowhere near even. It's like not even, no, it's not even the same, yeah, stratosphere as far as how many people support him versus how many people don't. It's, it's you know, it's like 95% or something that don't. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't like being negative. I don't like being and saying that there's problems inherently with this coaching staff and what what is going on. But it's also the the fact of the matter. I mean, Cam Smith said said this himself, like you don't go five and seven without problems. You know, like there are problems there. And the, the, the problem with this is that I feel like this coaching staff as is, and we don't know if it will be contained as they are going forward. It doesn't sound like it. But I feel like there is a reluctance to be realistic with the issues at hand. I mean, I feel like if you're going to reassess the coaching staff, that should have happened last season. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why you're here now. It's because you didn't make those tough decisions. So will they be realistic going forward? Will they say, hey, maybe we can't run the ball. Let's go to a more air raid type. But they did that in week 12. Right. You know, like it, you, I think there needs to be a real, I mean, Helen says, tell the truth Monday. There needs to be a tell the truth December, you know, like really look at what needs fixing because the fact of the matter is Clay Helen is the head coach. Now you got to root. If you're a USC fan, you got to root for him to really look and make the tough decisions and look hard at what didn't go right. But will that actually happen? I don't know. Right. And I think there's a great point being realistic because these were changes that you could have seen that needed. We talked about that yeah. needed to be made beforehand. You didn't have to have a throw away, a throwaway five and seven season to go. You know what? We need to make some changes. Half of the staff are part time recruiters. If you're going to be a brand new head coach, should you hire a rookie offensive coordinator? No, you yeah. should bring in an experienced offensive coordinator. All these things are logical were fixable. I mean, even three years ago when he started this, when when you know coming into this season and everyone's like, it's a young team. It's not a young team. There's plenty of veterans on this team. They have a young quarterback. Do you have what do you think? It's not well, a- no, I just think it's really interesting just talking to recruits. That seems to be the company line. It's like, oh, it's a young team. Like this is a young team. They're making young mistakes. Like the whole secondary seniors, Porter Cam. I mean they're granted like- they got injured, but I, I right. feel like if you're looking, you're not taking a deep Look the whole offensive line at you know, this like, team. I know. <laughs> like you have a redshirt senior center. Senior. You know, yeah. This is not a young team, yeah. but that has been the angle that that Clay Helton and company, I think, have been selling to recruits and whatnot. Because um, talking to recruits, they seem to be like, oh no, it's okay. Like they'll they'll get on track. Yeah. It's just a down year. Like, and this is a down year. Right. Tyler Petit, you know, Tyler Vaughn's and Michael Pittman could go pro. Like that doesn't mean they're young. If they can leave, that means they've been there for three years. So yes, I don't, I don't buy the narrative. This is a young team, but knowing that, knowing you would have a young quarterback, no matter who won the job, JT Daniels, Matt Fink, or Jack Sears, maybe don't, you know, promote a support staff member to be your quarterback coach. Maybe go out and hire an experienced coach. All of these are very fixable and they were preventable problems for USC. And that's why do you have a lot of confidence that, well, okay, now that we've hit rock bottom, let's go back and do it the right way. There was a right way to do it. And and we talked about it. Like yeah. it was very simple. Like why we talked a million times about what Cal does and Justin Wilcox. He hired 
head coaches to be his coordinators. And Clay Hilton shied away from that. And then after year two, when you see the problems, but you still were like, well, still won the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I got blown up by Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, I got blown up by Ohio State. So when we were critical of that, people were like, well, why are you being so negative? They won the Pac-12. Well, this is why, because now Sam Darnold's gone, and here's what you get. So these were all fixable problems, which is yeah. the problem I have with it. Yeah, that's a, yeah, without a doubt. And and that's the thing about being negative is like these are things that they can fix. Like these are things that not are they, that they don't have control over. Like this is a talented team. This is a team that if better decisions were made in some games, they could be have oh, a yeah. winning record. They could go we had a we could be talking about a bowl game they right now. They still have the best roster in the Pac-12. Yeah. That's why you lose 7 games? No. Like that's not that's on you as a coach. You have better players than the other people, the, the teams that you're playing. You could argue Notre Dame, maybe. I mean, but it's, you saw what they're, they're toe to toe. It was pretty close. Like USC should have been up by more than that yeah. in the first half. You saw what the potential is for the players. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why I was tweeting. Like, people tell me, oh, the players just aren't that good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's bull crap. Like, look, and then you see, I'm like, yeah, they pushed Notre Dame around and made them look silly for yeah. a while. Um, but, you know, then coaching kind of stepped in. We uh, Daniel, uh, I put this up for a while ago. Should we answer some questions? Yeah, I was trying to. I oh, put sorry, it up my on bad. the screen. Yeah. So what big name assistants would want to be hired at USC? So that's that's kind of the, the thing, right? Where uh, would anyone want to come to USC? And I get that now. Like, I think you could do individual assistants. Like, if you did this, la- I mean, certainly last year, it wouldn't be a problem. Now, though, with all the outrage, everyone knows that Clay Helton is on the hot seat, like exponentially, like people feel like he's a, well, what do you feel? Do you though? That, um, it's a real question because I mean, Swan seems all in on Clay. Sure. The fan base is in, in, yeah. in. but I mean, you like, want to be a place where they're going to boo the head coach at every turn. And like, I, I mean, I get, so you're the one who says it's USC. No, I did. No. So here's the thing. Okay. So I Go. get this. I think that doing a wholesale coaching change, it's going to be harder one because I don't think Clay Helton wants to go out and go get people like, Oh, get Cliff Kingsbury as your offensive coordinator. I mean, that would be awesome. And he actually might want to do that because if you feel like you can come in and be a great offensive coordinator and they fire the head coach, maybe you get promoted. Like there'd be reasons that he might want to come. I don't think we haven't seen Clay go out and do that. He would be a threatening hire. He would be someone that could take your job. We haven't seen Clayton do that at all. So it would be a, a, you know, going way off script if he does something like that. So I think that's, but something like that is possible. But you do, you're, Daniel, you're putting Clayton in a tougher spot, even if he has the authority, even if he has the will to go out and get, you know, bigger assistant coaches. There could be some reluctance there because you feel like this is a lame duck presidency, and you know, Lynn Swan, not president, but you know, coaching stuff, yeah. but. Lin Swan wanted, you know, maybe wanted to make a change, but he didn't want to make it right now. Like, that's what it seems like. This isn't the right time uh, when you get a president in place. And then after that, and when I can do, you know, can make a coaching change when I want to in all my glory as Lin Swan, uh, then I feel like you want to do something like that. So I think it definitely... There's some challenges there by doing that. I don't know what you think, Q. You're really taking the shots at Lin Swan right now. <laughs> I, you know, and I grew up idolizing Lin Swan. And it's not... He, he shouldn't have been hired. That's not his fault, that he wasn't qualified to be. He's never hired or fired anyone. He hasn't managed people. Like He doesn't have that on his resume. Maybe he's the greatest you know, athletic director in the world, but his resume doesn't have anything that besides he played football at USC, 
that would show, hey, he should be the athletic director. But the decisions he's been making and the way he doesn't, he won't speak to us, he won't answer questions, he just makes decrees and wants people to say, here's what I've declared. And that, you know, it's like he's not willing to go under fire and answer questions about this. So yeah. that I have an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, if the three, the last three years have proved anything is that experience does matter. You know, we always say stars matter, but also experience matters yeah. when it comes to coaching and, and making big decisions. But as far as assistant coaches coming to USC, what is your feel on could Clay have enough money? Say Clay wants to get the best. Will the administration even allow that? Will they open up the purse strings and let him do that? I mean, that's a really good question. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, we've heard kind of mixed messages on that, but the way if you are here, I like this one, Ryan for athletic director. I'm in, <laughs> Kenny. I'm in that. Um, yeah, I mean, the way that Lynn Swan was backing Clay Helton, it would be pretty disingenuous for it to say, okay, but I'm not going to give you any money to do things. We've seen, we put problems like this in the war room. Um, USC support staff for recruiting is bare bones. Uh, yeah. They got four people there and guys like Gavin Morris and Eric Ziskin. And I don't know Trey Johnson, but he's, you know, he's new. I've heard some good things about him. And I know they have like a graphic designer person. They're doing a lot of work, especially with a coaching staff. That's got a bunch of part-time recruiters on it. You know, that shouldn't be the case either. Like you got to get rid of those people. Like Pete Carroll would never have anyone on his staff that wasn't a relentless recruiter. You know, yeah. if you have one or something, that's fine. But really like half the staff doesn't really care about recruiting. So you rely on the support staff and they had Alex Rios who left after the first game after UNLV and they still haven't replaced him. The entire season went by and he hasn't been replaced. So I don't know where that falls. Is that coming from the administration? Is that coming from uh, the, the coaching staff? I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. They also um, lost Alex Collins, who was another recruiting yeah, he guy. Was part of, no, they replaced Alex Collins with Trey Johnson. Okay. So they, did okay. Fill, so they backfilled that. But they, even having five, they don't have five anymore. When, when they had five, that wasn't enough. You would go, there would be other, you know, power five schools that would have double digits, you know, the same sort of thing not including some of the you know, people that would support that. So they're, they're asked to do a lot. And the problem is at USC, there are a lot of built-in advantages. There just are. Yeah. And so you can, you can kind of be bare bones and, and still and have get away work. with it. But here's the problem this year. They didn't win the Rose bowl. They didn't win the pack 12. They're five and seven and done. Recruiting is going to suffer this time around. I think it might actually help that Clay Helton comes back. So yeah. if, if you're changing and, you know, you got three weeks or whatever until the early signing period, like that makes it tougher. Um, but it's, it's it, I think it's going to hurt them because they didn't finish strong on the field. It's going to not make it as easy to finish strong recruiting. Yeah. In both areas of USC season and USC recruiting, this is what happens when talent doesn't do all the work you know right. when you don't when you rely on talent it'll only get you so far yes you know and this is the result when it doesn't go your way you know you could argue that it did go their way in past seasons but this season is when it all kind of didn't go their way right you're kind of relying on all those advantages like you get five-star dudes every year at usc because you're usc and you got I mean, you got to recruit them and stuff too but you can rely on that talent to to get you by sometimes and it didn't work this year so that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, Adam said, <laughs> does Clay wait until after the early signing period, which is December 19th, by the way, is when it starts? Yeah. Or uh, when does Clay start to look for an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, et cetera? 
I think that's a really interesting question because if you make some, you almost have to do it soon or after. And if you do it after the signing period, when everyone signs, then there's some, there could be some issues because if someone signs and they like that assistant coach and he's no longer there, um, for the big ones, you might need to make a move. Like I think earlier than later. I don't know. What do you think? I don't even know. I mean, where does T Martin fit in all this? How does he feel? Is he willing to go back to just being a wide receivers coach? We've heard that he's he's sounds all right with that, but we don't actually know. I mean, T Martin is a big powerhouse for recruiting. So if you get him to stay on board, that's a huge win for USC. Um, the interesting thing is, like I talked to on Friday, I went to see Jordan Wilmar, Wilmore, three-star running back commit for USC. And I was like, Right now, Tim Drevno is the running backs coach right. and offensive line coach. He very well could be the offensive line coach next season. Like, how do you feel about you don't even know who your coach could be and yeah. you're still committing? And he said he's all in for USC. He was like, running backs, you don't really need a coach. It's fine. Like, it will, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. So it's just interesting that if you're committing, do you know if you're going to have your position coach? Yeah. Does it matter? Is that the guy you really talk to the most? I don't know. I think a lot of the people that USC has committed that we've talked to seem fine. Like, they, you know, yeah. if the coaching staff changes, I don't think it matters that much. But they're not ranked really. It's not like they have this amazing class in right now. They need to build on that to yeah. go forward. So that's where you have to get other people to commit. Maybe a Chris Steele from St. John Bosco to come back. And, you know, and that's probably going to depend. You want to get him. I think it's going to depend on if you get a new coach. If you say, okay, we're keeping, you know, Ronnie Bradford's a defensive back coach. You're either going to declare we're keeping him or we're replacing him or whatever. So Chris Steele knows uh, what's going on. I think there's a lot of that uh, yeah. going to go on, but we don't know. Um, I think, yeah, I for Clay Helton, I'm not sure you know what he's going to want to do. He seems to be more deliberate. He seems to be more not really like, you know, I'm going to go and you know, maybe this was a declaration from Lin Swan, like you got to do it all differently, you know, get rid of everybody. I mean, if that's the case, then, you know, we'll see if he makes some huge changes my gut feeling, though, is that's not going to happen. I don't know. What do you think, Keely? It's not what we've really seen from him. And how much do people like m- making decisions, making changes when you're not the one who's motivated to do it? You know, how, yeah. how good do you feel if you have someone overhead telling you, hey, you have to get rid of the staff you're comfortable with? You yeah. know, I mean, I don't know. As I said before, Clay Helton, besides Neil Calloway, which came pretty late. We, he hasn't really shown that he's willing to make tough decisions, make realistic changes. So I don't know. I mean, you can be hopeful, but I kind of tend to go on people's track record. And right. so far, his track record says that he's not really going to make a huge splash in the water change. Yeah. You know? Um, here's what. So you give T. Martin, this is from Donald, you give T. Martin the title of director of recruitment and wide receiver coach. He's, he's probably their most important recruiter, Donald. Um, I don't think Clay Allen's going to get rid of him. I don't think T. Martin minds not being the offensive coordinator. I think he's cool with his role. So my gut gut is T. Does stick around. I don't think they're going to get rid of him, and you know whatever. I mean, I think they do a ch- you know change an offensive coordinator, but I think T. Will at least stick around for a while. So that'll be uh, kind of interesting. Oh, there was one. Let me find this real quick. Um, crap, where was it? Um, just okay. while you're doing that, someone said. Um, took issue with what Lynn Swan said about a clean program, given how many departures USC actually had this season. Do you agree with that whole sentiment? 
Yeah, there's about 25 or so departures from, you know, Clay. That's like a whole recruiting class. Uh, but I don't think those are all, you know, that's not all Clay's fault. But there was there were some, I think, there was a fault of, uh, you know, on the coaching staff. I mean, there's, you know, like a guy like a Kerry Angeline just didn't seem like anyone was talking to him. And he ended yeah. up transferring out. I mean, I think, you know, Akili Ross, like, there wasn't any disciplinary thing. It was just like he wasn't happy with his role. So I think there's uh, certain things that USC's coaches could have addressed. You kept some of those players. But sometimes, you know, if a player screws up, I'm not going to say the coach has got to watch him 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, Brian Freeman said, time for a female college coach. Let's go. Let's go, Keeley. Um, no. You don't want to? I'm, I'm not. The worst thing I could do is try and say that I could do what these coaches do. I don't. Yeah. I could not do that. As Here's, much as we criticize them, they do know what they're doing at times. Here's right. And so the, here's the problem we're going to be dealing with now. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Who's going to be the defensive coordinator? Cliff Kingsbury as OC from Ryan Al and Mike McIntyre as defensive coordinator. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, those, the, I mean, if Clay Hilton did something like that, I would probably stop the criticism like instantly. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. We'll give you, you know, I'm not gonna, even going to say anything. I won't say another word about, the mistakes that have been made and just see what you do going forward. Cause that would be, um, that would be a move, you know, that would be yeah. something that's like, Hey, that means you're taking it seriously and you're not promoting Brian Ellis to be the next offensive coordinator. You're not bringing back your brother, Tyson Helton, who's probably going to get fired at Tennessee to come back and be the offensive coordinator. So if you do that, then I don't think anything's going to change. Then it's it, to me, it's exactly the same. If you do this, what Ryan is saying, like right here, where's the thing? Right there, do that. Then yes, they'd be like, "All right, he's uh, that he put his big boy pants on and he's coming to play." So um, that would be interesting. I mean, I would, I would, same thing. I would, I would support that. But the thing is, can he? Does he have the authority to do that? I don't even know. Yeah. Is there some unspoken rule that you can't go outside of USC ties? Yeah. We don't know. Here's a bad idea from our buddy Mitchell uh, Willie McGinnis, the defensive coordinator. Okay, look. You don't need to just go find your favorite player and then have them coach a position or be a coordinator when they are not doing it now. That's how you got into this mess to begin with, with all of your athletic directors. Hire somebody who's good at their job. That's what the last uh, comment we put up was, someone that's really good at calling an offense and really good at calling a defense. Not Willie McGinnis because he played at USC. Okay, Mitchell? So none of that. He's not a coach. Maybe he'll be a coach, but don't let him become USC's defensive coordinator as his first job out of television and an analysis work. All right. So horrible idea. Uh, you got to go, go do 10 pushups for me. Thanks, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Laying down the lot, Ryan. Uh, That's what I'm doing. Uh, Francisco, USC's, USC needs to do what Alabama does and hire ex-head coaches to the staff. Now that, you know, it's funny. Some people were critical of Dave Campo being out there. Cause he's like, kind of like clapping and stuff, but I like that. He's the former, you know, I thought that was a good move. Yeah. Like Dallas Cowboys coach. I don't know how much, you know, involved he is, but Hey, they have one of those guys around. Uh, so I, I think that's a step in the right direction. I thought Dylan McCullough was a great step in yeah. the right direction, Yes, but it was sort of like, you put your toe in the water and it was a little chilly and you ran back to the, and you just ran away. Like you didn't, um, you know, you, you like, hold, this is going to work. We'll get a Dylan McCullough instead of going like, yeah, well, let's repeat that five different times. They said, Nope, let's back off of that. He left after one year. And, uh, it makes you wonder what would this season look like if he stayed around? You know, I think, I think it looks different. Do you still get Tim Drevno? 
Do you make a move with Neil Calloway and put in Tim Dremno at that point? I know this is all hypotheticals that no. don't matter, but it's interesting to think about. It's it's eerily similar to what Lane Kiffin did when he wouldn't fire James Craig. He was defiant, just like we've seen Lynn Swan be defiant. He's not going to fire his guy, James Craig. So he brings in a second offensive line coach. That's essentially what Clay Helton did. He's waited, So you wasted a position. You didn't really have a running backs coach. You had a guy that coached running backs 20 years ago yeah. coaching running backs. So that doesn't, you know, and Oxidic Ware had a good year, you know, Vi, like, but you did those guys a disservice by not having a Dylan McCullough type of guy come in. Like, what's the difference between coaching running backs between Dylan McCullough and Tim Drevna? Like, yeah. it couldn't have been greater, you know? And so that didn't help your team at all. And I mean, that's part of the issue that I have. Yeah. Ugh. I would agree. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? So here, this comes up a lot from Janet. Wow. We had some, so there were some song girls, like, talking some trash. Uh, <laughs> the song girls the are game. a little little chatty. Wow. That's, I mean, I never, like, realized that. So, I mean, I'm impressed that they're into it. They're into the football stuff. Wow. But Janet. Sexist, why don't no, you? No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're like cheerleaders right out there, right? Like, sometimes you talk to them, like, oh, they don't know what's going on. That's great that they know what's going on. And dude, like the guy cheerleaders too. Like the guy, whatever the uh, yell people are like, I don't think they know what's going on with football. They're out there to like do their job. But if they're into the football team, like that's pretty cool, you know? True. Um, Janet says, Clay too soft. Look at all the players that got hurt. Um, then there's the... How do you connect those two though? Well, okay. So th the thing that's been coming up is when you don't practice hard, then once... Uh, the games come around. That's the, all you do. That's, you know, so like to so your old dude like me, I used to play a lot of baseball growing up like shotgun did, but now I'm older. I would play softball and you play once a week. And it's this weird thing. Like, you know, I'm 47 years old and it's like, okay, in softball, you're like, sit around, sit around, do nothing. Like, then go real fast. And it's like, it's like the injury waiting to happen. You know, like yeah. you're, you're, that's why you're, you see so many hamstring and quad injuries for baseball players. Cause they're coming out of the batter's box you go that. really yeah, you're yeah. Like, nothing 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 go real fast and i think that's what a lot of people are saying is they only practice hard on saturdays like they oregon state was like the best practice of the year like you could say it was like a full pads tackling practice you know i still stick by mock game week but mock yes game week was good. okay yeah uh, but i think that's what janet uh is talking about so i mean that's the thing is like i even talked to Cedric where last night i said after the Texas game, you criticized practice. What do you think happened after after the, for the rest of the season? He said he he said it got harder. <laughs> I disagree, but you had your own players saying that yeah. practice wasn't hard enough. Like if you're having players saying that there's a commitment issue, there's a buy-in issue. Practices aren't hard enough. Like I think even like Tyler Vons or said said that they need like someone to light a fire underneath them. Like. That's you need more discipline. I think there needs to be some repercussions for things that go wrong. If you have a center yes. that has issues, maybe take them out for a drive. I don't know. I, I think what you're seeing is players aren't scared of if we don't perform well, if we don't give 100% every down, every play, who what, does it matter? Yeah. I'm no, still I, there. I talked to Toa Lowendon, you know, kind of about some of that stuff, and he said there needed to be more player accountability. And you're sort of like, and, it, you know, some people didn't feel that way, but it's almost like, yeah, I should have been benched or moved to, you know, like not forever, but like set out for a, a drive or something. He had three penalties in that game. You know? Yeah. And, and drive like, killing penalties. Yeah. So it's yes, I think they it's almost like the, the child that 
yearning for, for some sort of discipline because maybe it's a divorced family and both parents are like just, uh, you know, spoiling them and stuff and treating them and they don't get any discipline. And sometimes you're just, you're acting out because you need some, that sense of discipline. And when the player said, Hey, no past November, get rid of that. Like that's like the child asking for more discipline. Yeah, I thought that was a little odd too. How Helton sold it at least that it was the seniors who said no, and they wanted a sense of urgency. I feel like at that point you should have the sense of urgency because that was coming off of the ASU loss, right? Yeah. So I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because we were asked, we were wondering what they would do in November. So you just came off of a loss to ASU. And why isn't there a sense of urgency there? You know, you could have in the season with a winning record. It it just there's so many questions as to why why are you not pedal to the metal? Go go as hard as you can to the end of the season. Why yeah. are you kind of loafing it into it? It gives the appearance like you are. Yeah, I don't know. We're uh, we don't normally go live at this time, and uh, don't the have, sun is like the sun in your is eyes just coming right in there. Sorry about that. Uh, Victor said, "What's up with Shotgun? Uh, missed you at Psychogate again." I guess he didn't make it over there. So we're going to do our normal tunnel vision uh, tonight at 7 p.m. So Shotgun will be here. I'll be on the other side. Keely will be sitting here. We'll try to we'll do it on all three on Facebook. We've had a lot of people on Facebook. We had like 350 people or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, do the likes and stuff. We like that. Do, do some hearts. <laughs> Those are cool. Um, but we're going to do all that again at 7 p.m. And then Keely and I are going to talk with Harvey Hyde and do a podcast uh, right after this as well. So... Um, should be really interesting as far as like more talk about this, but we do appreciate uh, everyone um, sending this stuff in. Mark says no talented assistant coaches will be attracted to this train wreck. Now that's where I don't buy. Um, yes, there's going to be more challenges because it's going to be looked at as a potential just one year job, but it's also USC and you can get, I mean, you would be a guy like Clay Helton and end up being the head coach at USC because you come onto a staff. He he worked for somewhat incompetent head coaches and end up being the interim coach twice. You know, so I think you look. There's some positives to that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly I don't think it's that no one wants to come uh, to you know a staff like this. But there's definitely opportunities there because it's USC and you can be really good. Agreed. Uh, Brian says, "Oh, hey, Brian. I know him." Uh, USC has accepted the quote, everyone gets a trophy mentality with a, uh, frowny face. Uh, that's more your generation, Keely. I don't know. We, we only got trophies when we won. When Here, here's the question. <laughs> Which generation gave us the trophies? <laughs> us. Yeah. So why are you blaming us? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, everyone's worried about it. No, it's, I think, I mean, college football right now is cutthroat and USC is not playing cutthroat. I mean, if, if somehow USC just... I mean, think about this. USC was in the Pac-12, which is fairly terrible. Yes. They beat the best team, you know, Washington State. Uh, they didn't play Washington, but, they, you know, they beat them two years ago. Like, USC could have theoretically beat all the teams because they're better than all the teams and somehow made it to the college football playoff and, you know, absolutely get exposed by a team like Alabama or Clemson. That's what the, the problem with this year is. This is not a good Pac-12. Like, Utah no. lost their best running back, the most explosive playmaker on the team, and their best quarterback, most, you know, and they won the South, like, yeah. um, with time to spare. So this, this was for the taking, the amount of talent USC has. So that's, that's part of the problem is like, it's just not, 
this isn't close to competing yeah. with Alabama. And then that's what USC fans are really freaking out about. 2020, USC plays Alabama again. Which, <laughs> this is ridiculous in my mind. Why are you setting yourself up for that? <laughs> I mean, I saw this floated around um, on Twitter. Say it goes horribly wrong next season for yeah. Clay. And Lin Swan feels like he has to make the decision to uh, get rid of Clay Helton next season. You're having your first... You're a new head coach. His first game is against Alabama in 2020. If that's the case, like you're just you're not making it easy for no. anyone involved. <laughs> it's just it just seems like a series of poor decisions after poor decision. Just keep it's like a snowball. Right. So if USC does poorly next year and they have to get rid of Clay Helton after the year or during the year or whatever it is, um, yeah, then you're just like Clay Helton. His first game was going to be against uh, Alabama if you have a new coach in 2020. So it's. So next year, looking at the schedule, uh, they play on so on the road out of conference. They got Notre Dame, obviously playoff team. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Thank that's you. gonna be tough. They play on the road at Provo, Utah for at BYU. So that's uh, yeah, playing at BYU. That's they they gave Utah all they could handle in the Holy War, and uh, Utah ended up winning at the end. Um, they beat Arizona this year. I mean, that's a team that's certainly dangerous. And then they play Fresno State at home. Fresno State beat UCLA this year handily. Like, this is a good team winning 10 games a year. So that's not an easy out-of-conference slate. And you get rid of Oregon State and Washington State. Now, Washington State's good. But you get Oregon and Washington now. And Washington's going to be on the road going to Seattle against Chris Peterson. That's not going to be easy. Um, Granted, that was Clay Hilton's arguably his best game of his tenure so far at Washington. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you could argue that was his best game. Uh, Cal's going to be better. Uh, Stanford, you expect to be better. They're going to lose some on offense, but uh, I think they're going to revamp things. Um, it's uh, the Pac-12 North schedule will be tough, and then the South. You know, Herm Edwards finished second uh, in the South. Um, I know you were such a Herm hater, Ryan. Look did, at look at what I happened. Did pick, okay, I picked Utah to win the South. They did. I picked Washington to win the North. They did. So two years in a row, I got the the picks exactly right. And uh, my picks against the spread went pretty good. USC ended up covering, though, late with that late touchdown to Tyler Vons. That, that covered that. USC covered the spread by throwing that touchdown with 48 seconds left or whatever it was. So what was your record? I was 4-3 and three this past week. But David was like 2-5, and five, so I crushed him. Uh, but there was a bunch <laughs> of games that were like, it was a two-point game. Like Arizona State won by one, and the spread was two. So it was like, you know, <laughs> you're right there. And USC would have covered except... You know, they went for a two-point conversion and didn't get it. So there was a bunch of weird stuff like that that was going on. It was a crazy sort of week in the Pac-12. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that people care. Oh, um, Steve. Jared, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Jared, I put that up on the screen. Who has a great enough influence on Lin Swans to change his mind? Boosters? No. They tried. <laughs> they didn't change his mind. So Your answer is... Yeah. Was if the they would have changed his mind, they, like, I mean, there's big... We talk about huge boosters... Uh, there's going to be a lot of stories coming out. Like I, I literally got an Instagram message from someone I've never heard of who was like started following me on Instagram and it's like a, you know, good level booster. We talk about hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, and is like, I'm done. And uh, I have friends that are doing the same thing in the millions of dollar range. And I've had other people say that too. Uh, this is just, you know, hours after this is happening. Which is, I go back to my tweet that I had. I don't think that Lynn Swan really expects, I think there is this level from Lynn Swan that expects, he said it after ASU, like, 
we're Trojan family. This is yeah. what you do. Families stick together in tough times. And there are fans that are like, no, why? Why should we? You know, I don't think he's expecting that that pushback. I think he's expecting people to just go along with it, which we're, what we're seeing is not the case. Yeah. Glenn says, Helton can make it happen next year. Have some loyalty and faith. Um, I'm not saying he can't do it. I mean, I, I if he does make some big changes, I think he can certainly do it. USC has a lot of talent. Um, I'm not sure, like, the fans that we've talked to, what are you being loyal to? Are you being loyal to an administration that's, tone deaf to everyone's concerns. Uh, what are you putting your faith in? Um, Clayton's one of the nicest guys around, but we're not seeing results there. I don't know what the, what the basis for that is just blind faith, I guess. I mean, if you were just blind faith in whoever USC hires, it's going to work out. I, I, if that's what Glenn wants, I mean, I don't know, but I know a lot of the fans aren't, aren't buying that. That's what I'm curious about is just like, well, what do you want from this USC football team? Like if you want an eight, nine win team season, sure. You can be fine with what's yeah. going to happen, but do you want USC to be in the conversation with the college football playoff to be respected as a national powerhouse again? If so, then our criticisms are valid. They're for that purpose of what USC should be as a football team, given the talent that they have. Yeah. But is that the general consensus that what everyone wants from USC as a program? I don't know. And uh, Tina says season ticket holders will have the power if they start to cancel their tickets. He will have to make a move. I think that was already happening. I think you're going to see it next year. But it's he didn't have the foresight to go, okay, this is going to be horrible for the newly renovated Coliseum. There's going to be a lot of empty seats. And that's not what you want for something like that. So um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think, Tina, they needed some foresight for that to work. And uh, and Lin Swan didn't really have it. So we'll see. Um, Lance said, thoughts on the airplane banner. What did you think about that, Keely? Um, I have mixed opinions on it. I feel like if you are a fan and you feel like the administration is not listening to you, I think that that was the move you could have made to try and, I mean, it did make a splash. Like people talked about it. And so if you feel like you don't have a voice, they went to the extreme and we were like, we're going to have a voice, you yeah. know? Um, and they did, they had a voice. I know people said it was a dumb way to spend money. I feel like if you have money, you can do whatever you want with it. I don't, I won't dictate how you spend your own money, <laughs> but I mean, as far as, I mean, banners, especially in hindsight, now that Clay Helton is returning as head coach, it's a little embarrassing, I think on a fan base, maybe, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I feel. Like I said, mixed feelings. Well, we, so we were doing a podcast on Tuesday when this, when you told me about this, when you yeah. said we were recording and I was like, Holy cow, like someone on our website, on the message board said, we're pissed. We're tired of this. Let, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. And they did it. Yeah. And by the time we talked about it, it was three hours in and they raised $3,000. They were raising about $1,000 an hour. They got $15,000, enough to fly the plane. They had to organize all that, what the plane's going to say, an LA Times ad, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not still. I it sounds uh, like it might still be Yeah, happening. they're probably going to be more displeasure towards Lynn Swan in the ad and stuff. But it's uh, when it's grassroots like that, it wasn't some kind of corporate. What I mean, this was just fans that were upset. And so I respected that. You know, when yeah. it's people that came together and it's hard to argue like, oh, you should have did this with your money. You should have did that. You can do anything like that. You know, if stand outside of Mastro's and tell everyone walking in there not to drop $300 on dinner and go donate it to the 
fire relief victims. Like you could do that every day, you know. Yeah, like the line is can be blurred what, anyway. What is the line? And a lot of those people were like, "Hey, I gave money to, you know, the different charities and stuff as well, and they were they're going to give the extra money from that to different charities." So I mean, I thought it was real. I, I didn't, if it was like fabricated or something, I'd have more of an issue with it. But it was really real fans that were upset and are really upset now. Yeah. Um, and it was something that was talked about. I did the pregame show. That was like the first question they asked me about. So people saw it. They, they got their voice heard, um, positive, negative, whatever you want to say, but they wanted a voice and, and they got one. Yeah. So uh, apparently people are saying that the LA Times ad is supposed to come out on Wednesday. I heard Tuesday, but apparently multiple people said it's still happening. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think they need to change the copy because it was more about pleading for Lin Swan to get rid of him. So now it'll be like reasons why or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, to look and see. Um, we'll probably wrap this up in a minute. Uh, Joe said, uh, what will the loss of major boosters financial impact do to this program in the near term? No, that's a good question. Um, there's been some, I've been hearing mixed things about like the, the suites the basically the renovation you had to raise $300 million to pay for the renovation of the Coliseum. And a lot of that was private people selling, they sold suites and boxes and stuff. Well, there's a capital expenditure you have. So like a, uh, one of the, the loge boxes, I think, or whatever are like $300,000, you know? And so some of that money has been paid already, yeah. but people don't want to pay the rest and they don't, there's an annual fee and all that stuff that goes into it. The, the suites are more seven and a half million, 10 million. So maybe you've already paid a million and a half, but Hey, I'm not giving you any more money because, you know, so it depends on how many people I've heard multiple people on that front have said we're stopping um, doing that stuff. So I think that's a major impact because this is how you're paying for the Coliseum itself, you know, and yeah. maybe it's delayed. Uh, I think USC will do whatever it can. Like they'll offer, um, you know, Hey, we'll give you some more of this or more of that. Uh, I don't think it's like if you've refused to pay, they're cutting you off. They're going to try to entice you to, to come back and maybe, you know, buy some time. So after a year, if Clay Helton starts winning again, then maybe you'll come back. But no, I think, Joe, it can be a, a major uh, impact because of the capital expenditures that are going on right now with the Coliseum. The people that are financing a lot of them, at least people we've talked to, seem to be really upset about this. And uh, now they're questioning that pledge that maybe Lin Swan was counting on like, oh, they're not going to turn it down. And maybe that, maybe that was just a lack of vision too, where he didn't see that these people were so mad that they're going to stop what they were doing, uh, at least some of them, and then, you know, move on. Now yeah. there, there's, there's a lot of donors that they don't care. Like they're going to support USC no matter what. So it's not like this is not everybody, but I think there's a significant, the people that we talked to, it's a significant amount of people that are saying like, Hey, uh, I'm done with it. It doesn't seem like the administration cares, so why should I? Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, from a general perspective, it's like the worst time for USC to not be bowl eligible yes. since 2000. You know, you have multiple problems USC is juggling right now. They're settling suits with the medical issue, the the dean, the you have an interim president. You know, you you want some you don't want to fire everywhere and right now it seems like there's a fire everywhere for usc yeah. you know especially when you have the coliseum renovation going on it's not the best situation um did you i have one more did you want to do did is there something you had or uh you go for it and i'll see if there's anything we missed okay this i want to get keely's thoughts on this from tim sorry but cam smith was probably the most overrated player ever at sc whoa 
was always chasing guys in the secondary, getting lost on coverage, and most of his tackles were not for negative yards. I watched him all year. Won't be a good pro. Do you agree, Keely? Uh, no, I do not. I don't really know what uh, Cam Smith's measurables for the pro, the NFL, if that will work out or not. But if Cam Smith hadn't torn his ACL his freshman year, first of all, he came in as a freshman and killed it. If he hadn't torn his ACL his freshman year, he would have led USC in tackles all years that he was here. Yeah. Like, he was a pillar in the defense. Whether or not that transfers to the NFL, I don't know. But that's just incorrect. Cam Smith, if you want to see this defense without Cam Smith, you wouldn't want to have seen it. No. I... From a leadership standpoint and from a, just a playing standpoint, Cam Smith was the guy. So, yeah. no. And then we're getting people saying, no, Biggie is. Wow. Biggie had a good year, too. It's like, come on, guys. Like, I, I don't fully understand the Biggie hate. There's a lot of Biggie hate. I, I think, played... I think, especially with Clancy's system, it's really easy to, if you just look service level and be like, it's the DB's fault. It's the cornerback's fault. Yeah. I mean, Clancy's defense puts the cornerbacks on islands. Yeah. So it's going to look like it's their fault when in reality, it's the, the blame can be spread. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, don't I know. I agree it. with you. You're hating on the fans, Keely. I don't know. I'm not hating. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everyone has a problem. Every Here's the thing. I would much rather like USC to win and everyone be happy. Coaches can be happy. Yeah. Fans can be happy. Administration can be happy because it sucks. <laughs> like, I don't like when everything is awful and it seems like a dumpster fire on Twitter. You know, it, it's no. not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. I mean, but we're not, we're going to be, try to be objective about it. Yeah. Um, and it sucks because we know a lot of the coaches and we like a lot of them and stuff. And it's like, you want to see them succeed, you know? And But if they're not, you're not going to ignore it and say, yeah. there's obvious things that are like, why aren't you doing this? Then we're, it's not like we're not going to say it. You know, you have to say those things. Yeah, and that's the hard part. It's like, these are people we see. I mean, I've seen these coaches more than I've seen my own family. You know, like, yeah. we see these people all the time. And it's hard criticizing them. But we have to be objective. We want to tell you guys what we see and, and tell it straight. And so it's what we're doing, but it's hard at times. Yeah. Now we're on the field and Johnny Nansen's walking off and I say, how's it going? Which was stupid. Like I Which just, I told Ryan after I was like, I was like, why? Felt so bad. I was like, like, they just lost Ryan. Why I know. are you asking? How's it going? I'm sorry, coach Nansen. That was not my intent. It was like, you know, it, it was weird. Like I had a interesting exchange with, Clancy Pendergast the other time where he's like, good job to me and stuff. It's just words that you just say like, hey, you know, I should have just said hey or something. But it's hard because you like a lot of these guys and you want them to do well. Yeah. Um, but they haven't. Yeah. I uh, mean, as reporters, we're supposed to be objective and tell you what it is. Yeah. And sometimes that puts us at us with the coaching staff, which uh, is. Byron wants to know, how long do you think Lynn Swan stays with Hilton if next year is a repeat? No, I don't think. I mean. No, I think it's a, a make or break year next year. Uh, I mean, but that's that's logic. But we haven't seen this really this athletic department be run by logic, so I will, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> but no, I would I would guess like there's there's so much pressure now. You couldn't have a another five and seven season or a six and six season or probably even a seven and five season and survive. I would guess. But do you think Lynn Swan would ever do a mid season firing? I think he's been so, you know, into the, he's just been so, he doubled down on Clay yeah. Helton. So I don't think he could. True. Uh, it was weird when Pat Hayden did it with, with, with uh, Lane Kiffin. Everyone yeah. felt he should have been fired the year before and he didn't. And it was just stubborn about it. And then 
and guy flames out, you know? So if it's a full on flame out and they're like one in five or something, maybe, but I mean, oh man, could you imagine something like that? No, I don't. But they could lose to Fresno state. They could lose to BYU. I mean, right. So then, you know, and we don't know the PAC 12 schedule yet. So it depends. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Lynn Swan comes from the Steelers tree organization, and that's a that's a program that likes stability, likes long term yeah. coaches, and doesn't have this reactionary decision making. So it seems like he's come from that school of thought, right? And you know, I think part of it might be this is because he would have to make a good, rational, quick decision if he got rid of Clay Helton. You don't have a lot of time to do this stuff. It's not the ideal time because there's no president. And this is this is your moment of glory. If you're like you're an AD, this is what you were hired for. Hiring and firing the football coach. Like that's the biggest job, the biggest thing you could do. That's what everyone's gonna remember. Yeah. Everyone's gonna remember Pat Hayden was like the worst AD ever because he hired Sark and and Clay Hill. Like those were his two big hires, you know, and it's like not so good, you know. Yeah. It's uh so I think with um you know, with Lynn, he wants to do it in an ideal way. And obviously right now it's not the ideal time. So my guess is if things are starting to go south, he's going to get, it'll be like, he won't fire clay until he has a replacement. It's my, I just thought about that right now, but that might be, you know, Lynn Swan's thing where he's going behind the scenes and trying to figure that out. Yeah, that would make sense. Did you have one more? We should probably wrap it up. Probably huh? wrap it up. We're getting some repeat questions. Make sure if you're just coming in, you you scroll back because we covered a lot. A lot of the questions we're seeing now. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. We'll be back yes. at 7 p.m. Yeah, we'll so be back in four More hours. tunnel vision. I'll reschedule this. So we'll do another Facebook Live, but also YouTube. And we'll get and Shotgun here. I'm sure Facebook. he has some hot takes. He'll have we'll some be talking about the Notre Dame game if you want to listen to that. Apparently, there was a game yesterday. Also, there was a game. It yeah. was, hey, I thought it was it could be bad. It yeah. wasn't as bad. No. Um, cool. All right. Well, that's Keely. Your I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you. Much, thank you so much for uh, tuning into the Emergency Tunnel Vision. And uh, we'll we'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. <laughs>